guys, I want to thank you so much for joining for another one of our Wednesday devotionals. I know last week I talked about offering and I want to kind of keep hitting on that. Last week we talked about offering. When we come and give offerings to the Lord and we offer ourselves to the Lord, it becomes a place of meeting. And another thing that comes with offerings is it also becomes a place of surrender. You know, a place of surrender, a place of sacrifice, and a place of worship. All of these things are expressed and shown when we bring offerings to to Lord, to, to Jesus. And I want to start in Genesis 22. And in this story in Genesis 22, it's about Abraham. And, you know, God promised Abraham a son. Abraham got his son. He, he named him Isaac. And God had asked Abraham to bring him an offering and sacrifice his son to him. And when you first hear that, you're like, oh, my gosh, like, why would he do that? That's such a horrible thing. But it was God, and if you, you understand the Bible and you read from Genesis to, to Revelation, it was God testing Abraham's faith, but it was also a semblance of, of a type and shadow of Jesus Christ, you know, because he asked Abraham to sacrifice his son, so Abraham was willing to do it. But at the end, he sent an angel and stopped Abraham from sacrificing his son and said, no, don't, don't do this. Don't kill him. He said, I can tell that you were faithful. Why? Because in that sense, in that sense, God was going to send his son, Jesus, to be the sacrifice for mankind, to be the sacrifice for all of us as humanity. And you can see at the beginning when, when Isaac asked Abraham in that chapter 22, when Isaac asked Abraham, well, um, where's the sacrifice? He's like, I don't see a lamb when we normally bring a lamb when we do the offerings. And Abraham said to Isaac, the Lord will provide. And later on, we can see, you know, that God provided for Abraham in that situation. He stopped him from sacrificing his son. He provided a lamb for them instead. So he sac or a ram. So he sacrificed the ram. And it was also a type and shadow showing that God provided his son and, you know, Jesus Christ to be the sacrifice for the sins of humankind. So there's a lot of really good stuff in this whole passage. But I want to talk about, you know, sacrifice, surrender. When we bring offerings to the Lord, it is a place of sacrifice. We have to let go of something that we might like, that might be dear to us, that you know, that we've worked for a lot of time, you know, pretty much everybody. If you, you give something to somebody, you work to earn that. Either you had a job or you went through and put effort into making it or acquiring whatever it is. So when we have those things, they, they gain value to us because it's something that we work for. We, we strive to make happen. We, you know, all this kind of stuff. It's like, look, even though I have this, I'm giving it to you as an offering. I'm giving it to God as a sacrifice to him. And we can see another example of this in Judges. In the book of Judges, there's uh, another example with Gideon. Because, so if you go to Judges 6, we can see this story. And I, I know I hit about this last time, but there's a lot you can, there's so much in the Bible. It's actually awesome how everything's connected. Everything intertwines. Everything builds upon itself and creates a bigger and better picture that gives us more and more understanding of the overarching whole of the entirety of the word and what it means and what we can learn from it. So Genesis, or Judges 6, if we go to Judges 6, 3 through 6, I'm going to lay down some understanding here. So Judges 6, 3 through 6, it says, So it was, when it, whenever Israel had sown, Midianites would come up, and the Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. Then they would, camp, they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth 
as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor donkey, for they would come up from their livestock in their tents, coming in as numerous as locusts. Both they and their camels were without number, and they would enter the land and destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished because midnights and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. So in this passage, we can see that Israel is being oppressed by these different nations from the east and they come in and ransack everything, destroy their fields, kill their ox, kill their sheep. So all the Israelites in this passage, it says they were extremely impoverished. They were very, very poor. They didn't have much of anything because everything they tried to grow was destroyed. Any oxen or sheep they would try to breed to increase their flocks were slaughtered. So they didn't have any, hardly anything, very impoverished. And even in this time, we can look and see in Gideon with, with uh, about Gideon in that same, pa uh, same passage farther down, chapter 6, 18. And it says, do not depart from here. And this is after an angel of the Lord had come to give Gideon a message that from God. And he said, do, this is Gideon saying, do not depart from here, I pray, until I come to you and bring out my offering and set it before you. And so then the angel said, I will wait until you come back. So then Gideon went in and prepared a young goat, unleavened bread from an epiphy flour, the meat he put in a basket and he put broth in a pot and he brought them out to him under the terebinth tree and presented them. So he brought what he had and still gave it as an offering. He brought a goat, meat, flour, what he had to give as an offering, even though he was extremely impoverished. So you see, even in this time of, of Israel being in captivity, even in this time of them not having much of anything, Gideon was still able to find something to offer to God, to bring as an offering. He brought something that was a sacrifice because it's not something that's easy for him to give. It's not something that didn't have some type of cost to it. It was something... You know, that Gideon said, no, I'm going to honor this man. I'm going to honor God. I'm going to thank God for what he's done for me. So he brought an offering. And we can see this again with the, the story with the lady and the two, two mites in Mark, which is another, another great story in the Bible talking about how when we give offering, when we offer anything to God, it becomes a place of surrender. It becomes a place of sacrifice. So we can see Mark 12. If we go there... Mark 12, 41, 44. And in this passage, it says, it's about the widow and it might. And it says, now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury. And many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which made a quadrants. So he called his disciples to himself and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury, for they all put in out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty put in all she had in her whole livelihood. So you see, when we give to God with an offering of sacrifice, when we give to God something that means something to us, that holds value, that says, God, this is something that's important and I'm giving it over to you. I'm giving it to you. I'm laying it down on the altar. I'm sacrificing this to you. 
that becomes a sacrifice, but it also becomes something that God recognizes. He sees it just like he saw this, this, this lady, this, she only gave two mites because it shows you that he doesn't care so much about the, the monetary value of something, you know, because something that may be very precious to you could be totally worthless to somebody else. Like, well, that's nothing, you know, two mites is absolutely nothing compared to what all these guys are putting in. But because she gave it with the heart, with her heart, and she gave it with sacrifice, she said, no, I'm going to give what I have to the Lord because I'm going to honor him. I want to bring an offering to him. I want to, I want to worship him. And when she did that, it caught his attention. He said her, her offering is worth more than any of these because it was something that she gave from her heart and it was something that she gave that had a sacrifice to it. It was a place of surrender. It was her surrendering up herself, surrendering up her livelihood and saying, God, I'm trusting you with my life. This is, would have been my livelihood. I don't know what to do with it, so I'm going to put it in your hands. I'm going to trust you with it instead. So it's a sacrifice, but it's also her surrendering to God. But you know, what's really cool is when we do these things and we offer these surrenders and we offer these sacrifices to God, he sees it, but he also will honor us too. And he will bless us too, because he's a good God. You know, he's not just some greedy money hubber up, up there saying, yes, give me everything you have. Worship me, give me everything you have because I deserve it and I'm so great. He's not, he's not like that. It touches his heart. He's like, look, these people are showing me honor. I need to show them honor too. These people are respecting me. I'm going to respect them. These people are giving out their best to me. So I want to open up my storages in heaven and pour back out unto them. So it's, it's a two-way thing. It's a relationship. And when we give, when we come to a place of, of offering, when we come to a place of surrender, come to a place of sacrifice like that, we're opening our hearts to God. We're opening our hearts and we're saying, Lord, you're more important to me than this thing that I have. You mean more to me than this object or this money or whatever it is, my time, whatever it is. You mean more to me than this and I'm coming to give this as an offering to you. You know, Matthew 6, 19 through 21 it says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And that last verse in that passage is so important. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So when we bring our offerings of sacrifice, when we bring our offerings of surrender, we are saying, God, you have my heart. You have my heart, not this object, not this thing. I'm giving this up because God, you have my heart. You are my treasure. Your word is my treasure. Who you are is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, you know, all the things that God is, you see, you are my treasure. You're more, you mean more to me than this thing. You mean more to me than this. And that's what happens is when we, we do that, we, we put our place in our heart in a possession, in a position to be able to receive from God. Because when we open our hearts to him by giving, it's saying, God, I'm opening my heart to you. I'm opening my desires to you. You're more important to this. And it puts us in a position where we can receive from God. We can receive his blessings in our life. We can receive communion with him. We receive fellowship with him. We receive all of these things, you know, because we've opened up our hearts from him. And I know I said it in the last, last 
broadcast, and I'm going to probably say it in this one too, because it's so true. You know, a great minister of God always, always said, if you can break people open in giving, then you can break them open for revival. Why? Because it readjusts their heart. So then they're focused on God. They're saying, I'm not worried about what's going on. I'm not worried about home. I'm not worried about my finances. I'm not worried about this. I'm opening up my heart to God. I'm giving him what I can. I'm giving him an offering of sacrifice. I'm giving him an offering of surrender. I'm giving him of myself. And when they do that, they're immediately open to be able to receive from the Lord. So we've got to make sure we can open our hearts to him because you can't receive if you have a clenched hand. You know, if your hand's holding on to everything you have and it's always tight, nobody can give you anything because it's closed. But if we open our hands, then we can be full. We can hold more. We can hold on to more. We can be given more. We can receive more when we have open hands. But if we have clenched hands, we can only hold on to what little we can hold on to. And that's all we'll ever have because it's not open to be able to receive anything. So that's why it's so important when we give, we come to a place of surrender with God. And we can see in, in Genesis twenty two fourteen, after, you know, God stopped him from sacrificing his son with Abraham, after he stopped Abraham from sac sacrificing his son and gave the ram to him that he could use on the altar. It says that Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, the mount of the Lord, it will be provided. So the Lord will provide when we trust him, when we put our faith in him, when we surrender to him, he will provide everything we need. He will provide all the stuff that we're believing for. He will provide what we need because we're saying, God, I'm putting my faith and my trust and my all in all in you. And I know that you will provide for my needs because you are a good God. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are our provider. You know, just as Abraham said, you are the Lord who will provide in every circumstance. Another thing, when we give offerings, it becomes an act of worship. And we can see this in Hebrews 13, 15. So Hebrews 13, 15 through 16, it says, through him, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But do not forget to do good and to share for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. So again, he's, it's an act of worship, a sacrifice of praise. When we praise God, worship him, talk about his goodness. When we do things and share and take care of each other, to do good to other people, to take care of other people, to bless other people. It says when we do these things, these sacrifices that we do, you know, the, the things that we give up to help somebody else or when we praise God and thank him and, and honor him, these sacrifices, it, with these sacrifices, God is well pleased. And I want to show another example in scripture where we can see offering as, as, as a place when we come to bring offering to the Lord, bring sacrifices to the Lord to a place of surrender, it is also becomes a place of worship where we worship God, we honor God, we exalt him for who he is. And we can see this happen in Second Chronicles. So if we go to Second Chronicles 29, 26 through 30. So it says, So the Levites stood with the instruments of David and the priests and the trumpets. Then Hezekiah gave the command to offer the burnt offerings on the altar. And when they started the burnt offering, the song of the Lord began also with the trumpets and the instruments of David, king of Israel. 
The entire assembly worshiped, the singers sang, and the trumpeters sounded. All of this took place until the burnt offering was finished. And when the burnt offering was finished, the king and all those with him bowed down and worshiped. And then Hezekiah, the king and the officials ordered Levites to praise the Lord with the words of David. So they praised with gladness and bowed down to worship. So in this, we can see that at that time they were bringing offerings to the Lord. They were burning sacrifices to God. And as they were doing it, they were worshiping him as their king. They were worshiping him as their savior. They were praising his name. So they go together. Offering and worship go together because it's a place where we surrender ourselves, We sacrifice our things. We align our hearts. Say, God, you are number one in my life. Putting us in a position to be able to receive from him and enter into praise and worship with God. Again, thank you so much for listening to this broadcast today. I hope it was a good uh, a blessing to you and um, you have a good day.